The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. about you but I feel so good right about now that I'm not trying to call anything I know a lot of crazy stuff could happen but I'm I'm just in a good mood today much much better than I have been the last couple of days I I, I think you gotta be in a good mood you gotta be in a good mood and you know what's even better Mike Smith it didn't go down last night like I thought it would but it's Friday so When I have my bender, when I have my bender tonight, probably after the show, it may be called during the show. It may be called during the show, but right after, uh, I got boy time with my sons. I might even cancel boy time because <laughs> it's just not responsible. It's not responsible. Like that, that'll wind up in the memoir. Like my yeah. my uh, my middle one, he's a really gifted writer, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be an author. And one thing he'll take from his entire childhood is that his daddy was drunk during boy time when Joe Biden hey, became president-elect. He'll come to understand. He'll come to understand. Like, if he doesn't understand it now, he'll understand the significance later. For, I already got my plans laid out for the weekend. Like, first of all, you know, I, I dress for the occasion. Peace up, A-Town down. All right, let me declare. Great show. I hereby claim right here, great right show. now, I nobody... Nobody can slander Atlanta sports anymore. No more 28 to 3 jokes. The Falcons mm. are forgiven. In fact, mm. I'm fooling with the Falcons. I'm rooting for the Falcons this weekend against the Broncos. I am rolling oh, with this. Georgia football. I'm rolling with Georgia it. football for the cocktail. No dogs. All, it's all weekend. It's Outcast. It's Usher. It's Goody Mob, it's Killer Mike and Run the Jewels, it's 2 Chains, it's T.I. It is all things Georgia all weekend. I might watch Ray again uh, just to hear (laughs) Jamie Foxx sing Georgia on my mind. It's all things Georgia because I'm I'm focused on Georgia right now, Michael, as as a lot of us are, because of the poetic justice in all of it. I say no more more professional sports slander for the state of Georgia because Georgia gave us Stacey Abrams. And Stacey Abrams and all the people working on the ground with Stacey Abrams uh, to to secure voting rights for, what, 800,000 people, they are on the cusp of giving us Georgia uh, in the general election. They're already about to deliver two Senate runoffs. So, yeah, shout out to the great state of Georgia. Peach State. Well, it's fine. I think I got some Simply Peach in my refrigerator, as a matter of fact. I got Simply Peach. My brother. That's what I'm drinking. You see what's in my feed right there? You see what's what number one on my feed? Yes. Good trouble. Not only did Georgia uh, give us a lot of things, Georgia gave us the great, my hero and yours, an American hero, John Lewis, who talked about getting into good trouble. When you see something that's wrong, you might have to get arrested for it. You might have to go to jail for it. 
You may have to take some licks for it like he did on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, but it's all about a, a, a moral obligation, said John Lewis, to do what's right and to save a nation. And this man was a hero. We lost John Lewis this year in body. We did not lose John Lewis, uh, John Lewis's spirit. One of the things he did not do, he did not attend the inauguration of Donald J. Trump because he said, this is not a legitimate presidency. And so John Lewis spoke truth to power. Donald Trump didn't like it, always disrespected him, disrespected him in death. And so, yes. oh man, I'm going to shout so myself is, happy So right is now. right. So is right. Hey. He is reaping what he sowed right now. Thank I mean, that's you. just the poetic justice of it all, Mike. Woo. It is the poetic justice. I it's, mean, somewhere right now, you're talking about you dancing. Somewhere right now, you know John Lewis is doing his happy dance. He is doing his happy dance in heaven right now to Pharrell Williams. It, no question about it. Is. That is what he is doing. Right, as it. we speak. I mean, think about John all the poetic Lewis. justice involved here, Michael. It is, it's not well, just thank Atlanta. You John Lewis. It's not just Atlanta. Shout out to Representative-elect Nakima Williams, who is assuming oh, his oh, seat in Congress. Um, he's doing it. It is not just Atlanta. It is Detroit, who I know you and Vinnie Goodwill put on for the other day. It is yep. Philadelphia. It is Milwaukee. It is all the, all, all the, all the, all the black vote. And, he, and, he, and these black metropolises deliver are delivering because it, we're probably going to a runoff in Georgia, excuse me, a, a, a recount in Georgia, I beg your pardon. But on the, on the brink of delivering the presidency for Joe Biden, is that, that's one aspect of the poetic justice. You talk about beauty for ashes. I mentioned Stacey Abrams gets robbed of being the governor and now on the, on the verge of delivering Georgia uh, to the next president, Joe Biden. Then you're talking about the fact that Trump is, is losing this election via the very mail system that he tried to sabotage. The mail-in ballots are what's beating him right now. Uh, you know, what am I missing? Uh, just, no, just so many, oh, and, and in Pennsylvania, the Republican state Senate is the, or the state legislature, I beg your pardon, is what's responsible for the delay uh, that, that we're experiencing when it comes to counting the ballots. So all his chickens are coming home to roost. He's reaping what he's sowing across so many fronts, and the poetic justice is just beautiful. Yeah, you know, I, I really the the Georgia thing, though. Let me just let me just hover there for a second. Georgia. Yeah, let's do it. You mentioned Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams lost uh, her election by fifty five thousand votes, and yep. there's no question that there was voter suppression going on in the state of Georgia. So she lost she lost her election. And now in, in the state of Georgia, what happens is if you, you get your driver's license, you are automatically registered to vote. And so you, you referenced it earlier, you're talking about those 800,000, yeah. so nearly a million people who, yeah. uh, who have been franchised uh, with, with the right to vote. So I just look at John Lewis and how he viewed voting. So just think about how it all comes together. You're right to say it's poetic. Voter suppression stopped Stacey Abrams. John Lewis from Georgia, who was at odds with the president, but John Lewis, who said it is a sacred right. It is, it is almost sacred. That's what he talked about voting. So he's a part of the uh, Voting Rights Act of 1965. And to see that start to be stripped away, starting in 2013, 
That was painful for him. That was painful for people who really gave their lives. And it's just so beautiful beyond that, Mike, beyond that. Think about what we see. Just, just, Just do a split screen of Donald Trump and John Lewis. John Lewis gave his life. He sacrificed. He was about helping other people. That's that's what he was about. Hey, I, I got mine, but I want you to get yours. I'm free. I want yeah. you to be free too. Donald Trump yep. is all about himself. So thank you. Thank you for the reward of, of, of a soldier, of a hero who said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to devote this life that I have to helping other people, as opposed to that traitor who is in the White House right now, that un-American so-called president who is standing there, who does not believe in democracy and is doing everything he can to tear it down. I love the contrast of Georgia well, speak, I'll, I'll stay with that bringing contrast. home this election. I'll stay with that contrast. Let me talk about why, you know, we've been impatient for the last couple of days, um, even though people preach patience going into this process. We were hoping for a blowout on Tuesday night. Uh, a statement victory, a repudiation of all things Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it, but I've come to like it better this way. I've come to like this slow, methodical, if, if, if I could take it to sports, we're running the ball. We're running the ball down his throat right now, wearing him down because somewhere he's refreshing, he's refreshing Twitter yep. every minute. He's watching television and watching the lead he thought he had Okay, because that's not how it works. But the lead he thought he had dwindled away slowly but surely. And it's worth the wait because the petty part of me, he made us suffer, Donald Trump did, for the last four years. So let's make him suffer for four days, if not longer. I'm okay if this drags into the weekend. I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, and not to mention Joe Biden waited 32 years to assume the highest office in the land. And you want to talk about contrast, Michael? I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. We got one guy who's preoccupied and consumed with winning. The other guy clearly wants to serve. And it's just going to be so refreshing, so refreshing. I mean, I'm allowing myself to get excited about just this very simple thing. To not only have an actual American as president of the United States, and the irony there, we talked about poetic justice, the irony there of having the guy who gave rise to the birtherism movement when it came to President Obama— who's been the opposite of American uh, occupying the Oval Office, we're going to have a human being, a human being back in the Oval Office. And and not a human being without flaws, Michael. Not a perfect human being. He's got work to do. He's got a a tournament to do. But we got a human being in the White House as president dedicated to the job and not just the position. And, Michael, and, last but certainly not least, We got a black woman about to be vice president, a black woman who will tell her boss what he needs to hear, not what he wants to hear, and will tell it like it is, even if he doesn't feel like hearing it. We know Kamala Harris will help to hold him to account, and the rest of the Democratic Party, I trust, is prepared to be held to account, okay, when it comes to repaying the black electorate that delivered this election. Mike, you said a lot there. You said a lot of good stuff there. Let me just make it clear. Uh, You said Joe Biden is not without flaws. Right. He's a flawed, he's a flawed politician. No question. But it was never about that for me. And I'm going to make this clear. 
I am not going to hide behind this. I would have voted for anybody over Donald Trump. As a matter of oh, fact, 100%. if the if, we all would have, if, if the Republicans, you and a lot of us, a lot of us. What's that? I said you and a lot What'd of us. Say? Yes, yes. Yeah. As, yeah. as a matter of fact, you and a lot of us would have done that. If the Republicans, if the Republicans had some guts, if they weren't trying to do the uh, do a remake of the Sound of Silence uh, from from uh, Simon and Garfunkel, and they actually spoke up, all right, spoke up, and they had somebody credible to challenge Donald Trump. And I, my options are somebody credible in the Republican Party. Oh, I'm saying it. somebody credible versus Joe Biden or, or Bernie Sanders or, or Elizabeth Warren. I might have thought about it. I'm not saying I do it, but I think about it. So, okay. Mike, I am not anti-Republican. I'm anti-Trumpism. And so that's what has taken over. That is the sickness that has taken over this country. But I'm not going to, you know. I'm not going to trip on that. I'm going to celebrate not only Georgia and John Lewis and his memory, but Arizona, where he went at, went at John McCain and made yep. fun. Oh, this is not liberal media talking. Listen to your president. He said it. He made fun of a prisoner of war, another American yep. hero. Do we have a theme here? Donald Trump many, makes fun of how heroes. Many Democratic he makes, how many Democratic citizens? How many Democratic citizens in Arizona? But yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Did they call Mark, it? They Mark, called Mark, it. Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly got. Yeah, Mark Kelly got it. They Mark Kelly it. got yeah. it. So, so, so but, overall, Michael. But not to interrupt you. But overall, the Senate majority is in play going back to Georgia. But go ahead and throw your point about yeah. John McCain. So John McCain makes fun of uh, makes fun of an American hero. His 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 comments about the military. What's in it for them? I think that's a beautiful comment. It just sums him up. That sums up Donald Trump. He asks, what's in it for them? He has no spirit of sacrifice, no concept of sacrifice of doing for others. Why is he fighting right now? Why is he fighting? He's not fighting for the people out there. He's fighting for himself. His, uh, it's it's he an has obsession no concept. with power. Right. He has no concept of service. Because if it were about the country, if it were about the office... He would be much more gracious and much more understanding of the process and much more submissive to the will of the people, to his bosses. This is why I could not wait to say, like a lot of people, I think it was even trending on Twitter today, you're fired, okay? Because the irony, yeah. uh, more irony of the ultimate reality star having no grip on reality. We've all been waiting to just look, look at him and just say, you're fired. Because the American people, right. this is how this works. He may have managed to be above the law for four years, but he is not above the American people. And he is fired. We are saying right you now, said you're, you're not good enough for this job. And so the reason why he is fighting so hard right now is because he cannot grasp, he cannot conceptualize the thought that he's not good enough. This is somebody who spent four years talking about what a good job he's doing. As bodies right. and coronavirus cases pile up day after day, what a great job he's doing. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. I've done more for black people and blah, 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 blah. He believes he's doing a good job and he just it just doesn't compute for him that the orange man is about to get a pink slip. Well, I'll tell you this, Mike. You look about you look, you look at uh, across the country, these states. So Georgia, first time since 1992 that a Democrat is going to take that state. 
Arizona turned blue. So John Lewis, Georgia, John McCain, Arizona, go up to Michigan, where he continues to troll the governor. Her name is Gretchen, Gretchen yeah. Whitmer. He still doesn't call her by her name. And so when he said, open up the state, free Michigan, and then you have people, you know, armed uh, militia folk going into uh, the state house and demanding change, he just sits by as if he has nothing to do with it. And when there was a plot to actually kidnap and, and try the, the so-called try the governor of Michigan, he's got nothing to say about it. And now in Pennsylvania, where he and Lindsey Graham call everybody crooked, something's going to go down in Pennsylvania, they're listening to you, homie. You're the one who told them, don't trust the, the U.S. postal system. Don't trust well, and it. And that's what's happening. Go that's vote what's happen on the day of, and now you're paying the price. That, well, that's what's happening because for the first time in his life, as mediocre, and that's being generous, as mediocre as he is, as incompetent as he is, as unintelligent as he actually is, He's managed to lie, steal, and cheat his way, lie, steal, and cheat his way out of most things. He's looking around. He's melting down. He's having this, this press conference last night fabricating all these lies about fraud because he has no weight out of this. He is going to go down as an impeached one-term president, and he's got to live with that. He's got to live with losing. And it's bigger than Donald Trump. But for a minute, let me reduce this to Donald Trump. Let me be petty yeah. for a second and relish mm -hmm. in this. Because for the first time, he cannot find a way out. He's like, wait a second. You mean the mail system that I fooled around with isn't... Wait, I, I stacked the Supreme Court. What, uh, what, we suppressed the vote. What, 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 do you, wait, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean this is... What do you, what do you mean they, they actually not finished counting the actual votes? A fascist cannot comprehend that he is about to be removed from office, whether he likes it or not. And it's so much... Honestly, it's just so much... Fun, frankly, it's so much fun for me to watch this because, like I said, you know, it, it, it's, it's so poetic. It's, it's coming full circle for him. I, I, I can't, I can't get enough of it. So I'm okay with this dragging on, like I said earlier. Uh, and I know, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, they're going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of noise. They're going to be recounts, which is lawful. Yes, you know, recounts that close, yes. and it's that close in Wisconsin, and uh, uh, that close in Georgia. Yes. That's following the law. So I know there's going to be a lot going on there. Some lawful stuff, some crazy stuff, too. We've already got some of the crazy stuff out there. We've heard it. Uh, we've seen it. But I think the, the lawyers, I want to talk, because we'll have some lawyers on the show. I have one in mind already. And you'll like them. A, a friend of uh Long as he ain't charging us about an hour. Yeah. No, I don't think he is. But you don't okay. want to ask... Really, if he didn't have the platform, if he didn't have president in front of his name and doing some of the things that he's done, what are the, what are the repercussions? I mean, oh he's, he has done some really destructive things with his oh mouth. My God. So uh, legally, I, I, I have, because I'm not a lawyer, you're not a lawyer, so I don't really know, but I'm just curious. What would happen if he if he's not president, he's saying all these things that are that are taking a two by four to American democracy all the time. Yeah. Every time he speaks, he does it. But I just want a, a quote because I love poetry, Mike. I think there's a poet from Kentucky who said recently, 
elections have consequences. Didn't I hear that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, elections have consequences. You are in an election. I, 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 I'm serious. I wonder, because Donald Trump has bragged about not reading. He, did, he, you know, uh, he doesn't know. Uh, how Ob- he doesn't know. President I'll Obama, President Obama was, was, uh, uh, was a big reader, right? He was a big reader with the yeah. brief, the, 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 uh, the, the daily briefings. He spent right. a lot of time with those. I wonder if Donald Trump, I'm serious on this. Does he know? Does he know about American politics? He's a, he, he brags about not I being told you a this career yesterday. politician. I told, you this, I told you this yesterday. Does I he am convinced know? He, does, he really thinks that the process was supposed to end on Tuesday. He does not I mean, under, he, he, he not only is he unfit for the office, he is unfamiliar with the process. I'm convinced this. is this. basic. He, was, he, he is a rambling, bumbling, bumbling idiot at the podium, and he's so you, desperate right now. Tell me this. Hmm? When, when, did you, when did you learn about civics in school? I know you went to, you know, great schooling. You had a great, great education there in, in New Orleans, L.A. Elementary, um, junior high, high school, all, all through school. Even before. All through even, but, but, I mean, like, the first introduction, yeah. you know, fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade, start talking about, you know, social studies, how our, how our system works. Hey, hey, didn't Donald Trump watch cartoons no, like the rest no, of us? I'm just no, a bill. No. <laughs> The wannabe Sitting fashion. here no. on Capitol no. Hill. Has, has no idea what's happening. Come on. Um, I told you Georgia was on my mind. Shout out to John Legend. Ray Charles and John Legend. You did him proud, John. Georgia. Oh, Georgia. No peace I find. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my, on my mind. I love you, Georgia. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yo, so Mike, I mentioned how this is foreign territory for him, for Trump, because of 
he's always managed to lie and steal and cheat and 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 wiggle his way almost fail upward throughout his life you know and this yeah. is the this is the first time that that he that he's not in control and it's also of course a criminal of course a thief of course a fraud would have fear of being defrauded you know of, of course he'd have that paranoia right so right. it all it all just makes right. sense so now i don't know if you saw this just now um but uh, CNN reporter uh, Caitlin Collins, she says that the White House aides are having discussions about, about how to stage an intervention uh, with President Trump to tell him that he has no hope of winning a second term. I've, I've heard King Lear references uh, all morning on uh, on MSNBC, and you know, and even uh, a member of the of the Biden staff said that the U.S. government is perfectly capable of escorting. Trespassers, That's I a believe, great was quote. word <laughs> out of the White House yeah. if it came down to it. But see, I, I, I like that. I like what, what I'm hearing there. But we talked about this before, and I was more impressed with it than you were. When we What's got that? the identity, when we learned the identity, uh, the identity of Anonymous, when oh. the New York Times, September of 2018, and talked about just that. It's a daily, it wasn't not just a, a one-time intervention, governing Anonymous. We know his name now. I'm, I'm, his name is, is skipping my mind already. See, once you go by anonymous for two years, I'm just gonna call yeah. you. Your mama named you anonymous. Someone uh, anonymous. Someone call you anonymous. <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Mark something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You asking me? I don't. Miles Taylor. Yeah. Miles Taylor. What? what? Taylor. What's the first? Miles Taylor. There it is. Miles, Miles Taylor. I was Miles like, who are you saying? Yeah. Are you saying Ralph? No. But Miles Taylor. No. So Miles Taylor said in 2018. This is what we do to govern. He was right on track. That's Mitigate. why I thought it was yeah. so fast. It's so fascinating. This is not new. People have been doing this with him his entire presidency. And Mike, I just want to point out that um, he did drain the swamp. Remember, that was his whole thing. I'm going to drain the swamp. He drained the swamp and he cleared out the swampland and the swamps, swampland was replaced by kind of like this wannabe or actual kind of gangster approach to government. Yeah, yeah. So he took the swamp mob out, but he, right. but he brought in gangsterism. And right. so part mob you balls, look at, part dictator, all of that, yeah. It's the whole thing. It is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in my guy. So, hey, I'm going to bring in Jeff Sessions. Oh, Jeff said he should have brought him in the first place. Oh, Jeff Sessions is not doing what I want him to do. He's out. Uh, I'm going to bring in General Flynn. Oh, General Flynn was doing some stuff that he wasn't supposed to be doing anyway. He's out. Like, in and oh. out, for wh whether it's his Hebs chief Hebs about staff, to roll between now and January. You know that. Eh, he, uh, he, he's not going to take General. this lightly on anybody. So it's, Mike, he's pushing buttons. This is all a game for him. It really is. It's, it is his show. But yeah. he does, it, it's not what, governing. And that's what's so, so insulting, was always so insulting to me, Michael, about the idea that he would grow into the job. This is not an apprenticeship. The presidency. This is exactly the presidency is not an apprenticeship. We don't have time right. for you to grow into the job. And I resented all the so-called experts and political pundits who dared suggest that the American people could afford to watch Donald freaking Trump grow into the job or learn on the job, because we're going to be and, victims and, and, of his mistakes. You can't do it. That's One, what excites me so it. much about Joe Biden. 
That's what sort of excites me so much about Joe Biden, yeah. because he's clearly been not only training for the job, but is interested in, interested in the job more than the prestige that comes with the position. Yeah, and, and it's, if someone were to do that, if someone were to take that approach that, hey, I'm going to become president, I'm going to grow on the job, one has to want to grow. One has to want Correct. to learn. Or, or believe that, that they have to. Yes. He's, yeah. he's all set. So I, I'm just going to say, um, with, with my, my fellow Americans, yes, my fellow Americans, if you still consider yourself Americans, you're following somebody who's not an American, but my fellow Americans, uh, 70 million plus, I will tell you that I sat where you did in 2016. 2016, uh, November, that entire month was awful when I learned that Donald Trump was president of the United States. But you know what I did? You know what I did, Mike? Can I tell you what I did from 2016, almost four years ago, exactly? I told you I was praying uh, uh, that night, November 9th. I was praying, asking God for a miracle. God said, no. Anyway, so four years. Not yet. Four years ago. <laughs> in the next four, in, in, over the, those four years, I changed my address, but... It was still in the United States. I moved, but I didn't move out the country. So I didn't move to Canada. I didn't, I didn't break any laws. I didn't try to tear down the system. Um, I went to work. I, I talked to people. I actually talked to people who voted for Trump. In other words, I continued to be an American. So, so, yeah. so don't go out there acting up. Don't go out there pouting, uh, tantruming. Trumping because you lost an election. You lost an election, just like and that's my side thing. lost an election. And that's the same thing that side was saying four years ago. Accept it. Accept it. Take the loss. That's right. You know what I mean? He when, when, that's we, right. when we when we had the when we were saying, because I I for one never gave this individual the respect that his title commands in our country because he never did. He never I even did that. Position. I even called I him, never, I even but, called him but President we Trump. Was, I know, but when some, but a lot of people were saying, not my president, they got offended by that. They got offended when you're not, not, not my president. That's not my president. Oh, yes, he is your president. Respect him as such. Show respect for the president. He never earned it. He never deserved it. Which brings me back to last night, Michael, because what I like about what you just said about how you had to as the, as the mayor of Philadelphia said, you had to put your big boy pants on and soldier yeah. on as an American, right? So last night, I'm thinking about, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Killmonger and Black Panther when I'm watching him up there last night. I'm like, is this your king? Like, is this your king? Is this the man y'all worship? Is this the man y'all are following to hell right now? How can how because because here's my question, and because I had a little I had a little back and forth with a few people in the comment section last night about some commentary Comments. I had yesterday that we had yesterday uh, as it relates to the nature and the motivation of Trump supporters. But okay, let's set that aside for a second. Mm -hmm. Add to me, add, riddle me this, Michael. And you, you put you, put yourself in the mind of an objective person or a, a rational Trump supporter or rational okay. Trump voter, okay. provided that one okay. actually exists. Okay. Okay, I got it. I got it. I'm there. You got it? Got it. Okay, cool. I'm there. How can you watch last night? This is night? fun, by the way. This is fun. Because <laughs> I only do this on TV. 
How can you watch last night? Uh, How can you watch him talk about illegal votes? If you count the illegal votes, I win. How can you watch him behave that way? Embarrass himself. Embarrass the presidency. Further embarrass the nation. Continue. Because that like every time you think he's hit a new low, he's like, hold on, hold my beer. He tells himself to hold right. my beer every day. How can you watch that? If you cast your vote for Donald Trump on, a, yeah. on or before November 3rd, how can you watch that and feel good about that choice? And still call yourself an American? Because as you and I have both said, the president of the United States was anti-American. He is a Russian yeah. operative. I will say it again. Yeah. He is acting in exactly the manner in which Vladimir Putin hoped that he would when he meddled in this election in 2016, when he preferred him as president because he knew he would sow division, discord, and dysfunction in our democracy. He would delegitimize this election. And I told you going into this process that if he was going down, he was going to try to take the whole thing down with him. So, Michael, resident Republican for purposes of this conversation, if you cast your vote for Donald J. Trump on or before November 3rd, how do you watch him last night behave that way and feel good about it and call yourself an American? I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good. That's my answer. That's my answer. I, I'm being rational. So this is what, and this is this is part. This is, I don't know what your what your comment section uh, conversation was about, but this is the kind of stuff that leads to deeper conversations. So as as a rational as a rational supporter, I would say something like this. I don't like what he did last night. As a matter of fact, I don't like his his rhetoric most of the time. I don't like what he says. I like what he does. They say they say stuff like right. Don't they say stuff like that? Um, most yeah. of like I like he gets his stuff done. I like his policy. He gets stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a you know I, I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm I'm a conservative. I'm a fiscal right. conservative, but I'm a social liberal. Right. I hear that too. All kinds of like oh, so many cliches. I, I think political cliches are worse than sports cliches. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and I don't like that. But I also don't like the radical Democrats, the radical left. And, you know, you don't like Donald Trump, but the squad is going to come in here. And, hey, don't, listen, don't ISO me on that because people are going to think I'm really serious. Like, keep me on the split screen with Mike so we know <laughs> this is just an exercise. Don't you dare tweet this out. You're in, ca you're you in character, out. exactly. You're in character. Hey, I'll be so. suing more than Donald Trump. You tweet this out, I'm suing. All right. So uh, the radical left and AOC, they're going to leave. They're going to take this party and this country to hell. So that's, I'm not necessarily for Trump. I'm against the radicalization of the country. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, 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 and there's a lot of that. There's, there's a How'd lot I do? of that. Um, that, wasn't, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. Because let me tell you. That actually wasn't too you bad. You know how I know that? I used to work with a bunch of them. I used to watch them. Yeah. I, I used to it, the place I used to work, it seems as if that was a prerequisite to even getting an right. interview. Yeah. You know, so I, I've heard all the arguments, but I think really, in all seriousness. Anyway, just, just, so you, just so you know where I was coming from with that real quick, just to put a bow on, on that before you pivot. Um, yeah. Is that, you know, uh, Trump supporters and Trump voters resent when you paint with a broad brush. And I did my best to give them options. I didn't say that you were a self-identified racist, xenophobe, 
Islamophobe, sexist. misogynist, sexist. I didn't say yeah. you were self-identified. I said at best you were okay with it, which by default makes you a racist. I'll, I'll repeat myself in case you missed it. If you're okay with racism, that makes you a racist by default. Okay? And yeah, maybe you have other items on your agenda. Maybe you have other principles or policies that the Republican Party uh, espouses and supports that run that the Democratic Party runs counter to. But if you place your agenda above those basic moral yeah. foundations that are supposed to be at the center of what this country is about, then you're full of it. And then you do fit into one of those aforementioned categories. Or you could just be an idiot. Or you could just be an idiot. Or you could just be stupid. Right. You know why? Because he is. He is clearly incompetent, right. clearly unfit. And if all those things aside, you can't look at this man and see that, you're, that, that the emperor has no clothes, then I, I just don't know what else to tell you. Because at minimum, yeah, at, yeah. at the bare minimum, Michael, we're going to get a president yeah. now and a vice president now who at bare minimum, because you know what, what story has kind of gone on the back burner the last couple of days is the fact that I believe in back-to-back -back days we have over 100,000 COVID cases. Well, so at minimum, we'll get is. somebody that I don't know, listen to science. At minimum. There it is. is that, that's it. You know, is that but, too much but, to ask? But that's, but that's part of what you're saying. That's part of what you're saying. So, look, it, let's take some of the... Um, Let's take some of the incendiary comments out of it where you say, oh, I don't know. I'm not a racist. I'm not a misogynist. Okay. Let's look at it from a science standpoint. You are, uh, you're out there saying, not you, but supporters, many supporters of Trump, every, every rally he goes to, there's a fire Fauci chant going. So are you anti-science? If you're not anti-science, let me take you somewhere else. Let's go over here. Let's go to civics. It's back to politics, where people are saying this was a stolen election because Trump was ahead. So are you anti-civics? Let's, okay, you're not anti-civics, you don't like that? Let's go over here. Let's go over to this, Mike. Mike, at your, at your former employer, I know they didn't do everything right, but um, they, you get uh, performance reviews. They ever do performance reviews? Uh, not for me. Um, no. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> well, but, 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 for, but for people is, in certain positions, yes. But yes, there were people, a lot of jobs. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot yes. of jobs where, yeah. especially if you are in a leadership position, let's say you are. Correct. A, yes. Uh, let's say yes. you are a middle manager and you have a performance review and people are want to know, like, how do you deal? How do you lead? So tell me this. I don't, even, I don't want to get, I don't want to judge your, 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 your view of the world. I don't want to judge your view of, hey, I, I, I treat women uh, the same as I treat everybody. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to just go down here. Let's just go down to a very basic level. Right. Tell me what he is as a leader. Oh, wait, wait. Could you talk like this? Could you lead like this in any company in the United States no. that takes itself seriously? Can you lead this way? Well, well Michael, well, Michael, let me, I, I, pulled, I, I printed this out yesterday. It's so frustrating, Mike. It's, it's so frustrating. I know polling and pollsters right now are not popular, so I will say I will allow for that as I read from a poll. But this was a Gallup poll. Um... And the latest was from uh, November 5th, I believe. And this was 71% uh, of people agree with you that they are dissatisfied with the way things are going 
in the U.S. Now, whether or not huh. enough of those people actually uh, hold Donald Trump accountable or responsible for that, that's not listed here. But go back to uh, the first couple of weeks of October. That number was 80 percent. Before that, in, in between August and the first couple of weeks of September, it's 85 and 84, 86 percent. Like, so the vast majority of people in this country have not been satisfied with the state of the country on, on Donald Trump's watch. And what he doesn't understand is that no. he, this is how we hold presidents to account. What did I say wrong? That's not I didn't say so. he held him accountable for it. I'm saying the vast majority right. of people are not satisfied with the state of the country. But they maybe wouldn't right. look past his role in this. That's which what is it why is. Almost and seventy and million that's exactly people voted for him. Yeah. So they take that stat, and if you go dig, if you if you dig deeper into that stat, is oh yeah, I'm not satisfied with the country because the Democrats screwed it up. Yes. Democrats right. won't allow my president to do what he needs to do. <laughs> it's all. It's an exercise. It's Still almost. Can't it, it, it's, yes. I, I can't, I, I'm so excited. Least, look, a human being, somebody with empathy, somebody with a heart, somebody whose heart probably in the right place. We just know he has one. We know Joe Biden at least has that. A human being, a functioning human being. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This weekend on NBC, Saturday night in primetime, college football's best collide as number one Clemson takes on number four Notre Dame, followed by an all-new Saturday Night Live. On Sunday, NASCAR crowns a champion in Phoenix with coverage beginning at 2 Eastern. Finally, it's Breeze and the Saints versus Brady and the Bucks on Sunday Night Football. Coverage begins with Football Night in America at 7 Eastern. All right, Mike. You know what? Let's just do it this way. I want you to stop me when I say something, when I read something. Because neither one of us have had a chance to process this uh, this statement yeah. from Rob Manford as it relates to Justin Turner. Major League Baseball. Uh, in game six. Yeah. So I'm going to read the statement from Rob Manford and stop me to chime in. I don't want to spend the next, I don't want to just, you know, read this thing, you know, right. without stopping. I want you to, okay. So let's, I don't know if that's good TV or not. All right. The basic facts oh, are well known. Justin Turner, huh? 
Oh, okay. I said, yeah, I well, it's, it's, yeah, it's great oh. TV. Sure, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, I just started. We got a major delivery today. We got a major, but go ahead, go ahead. The basic facts are well known. Justin Turner was removed from the game and directed to isolate after a positive test for COVID-19. After the game concluded, Mr. Turner left isolation and joined the on-field celebration, as we all know. As is often the case, our investigation revealed additional relevant information that, while not exonerating Mr. Turner from responsibility for his conduct, helps put into context why he chose to leave the isolation room and return to the field. Oh, okay. I'm, First, interested. Mr. Turner, I'm interested now. First, Mr. Turner's teammates actively encouraged him to leave the isolation room and return to the field for a photograph. Many Stop. teammates felt they had already... Stop. Stop. All right, go ahead. That's context. I'll, I'll, go ahead. That's the beginning. That's they got, there's more. But wait, there's more. But that, that did sound Come an awful on. lot not like... You know, if your friends jump off a bridge, you go jump too. It, it kind of there you go. Like How many times you told your kids that? How many times you told your kids? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you want me to keep going? All right. Yeah. Uh, many teammates felt they had already been exposed to Mr. Turner and were prepared to tolerate the additional risk. Second, Mr. Turner believes that he received permission from at least one Dodgers employee to return to the field to participate in the photograph. He believes he received permission. From at least one Dodgers employee. I can't take it. So that, I can't okay. take it. Although Mr. Turner's belief may have been the product of miscommunication, oh. at least two Dodgers employees said nothing to Mr. Turner as he made his way to the field, which they admitted may have created the impression that his conduct was acceptable. Third, during the somewhat chaotic situation on the field, Mr. Turner was incorrectly told by an unidentified person that huh. other players <laughs> had tested positive, <laughs> creating the impression okay. in Mr. Right. Turner's mind that he was being singled out for isolation. Finally, okay. Major League Baseball could have handled the situation more stop. effectively. Stop, stop, Go ahead. stop, 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 stop. Wow. Rob Manfred is such a sucker. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, see, so... Justin this is the Turner, ultimate the what first, had happened was I had ever heard in my this life. Is, this <laughs> is the worst story. It's the worst story. There's this unidentified person, so that person could be an imaginary friend. Let's just say. That's an imaginary person. Then, hey, well, my teammates told me to go out there, so I thought it was okay to do it. Do you understand what COVID-19 is? So if you, <laughs> if you test positive for COVID-19... Haven't you been paying attention to everything happening in this country since January, February, March, March at the latest? Isn't that why Major League quick. Baseball got, went got, away for a I while? More. I got more for There's you. There's more? Oh, oh, lots more. I, I don't have to go through it all, but I'm just, I want to I wanna keep feeding you here. Uh, finally, Major League Baseball could have handled the situation more effectively. For example, in retrospect, a security person should have been assigned to monitor Mr. Turner when he was sure. asked to isolate. Security person. <laughs> Dude, Blame you're a grown-ass man, bro. <laughs> it's their fault. It's a security person. Yeah. So we got the imaginary uh, friend. It's not a laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter. And Mr. Turner should have been transported. We got a security person. We got his teammate. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of people under what this else? bus. Hold on. Mr. Turner, when he was asked to isolate, and Mr. Turner should have been transported from the stadium to the hotel more promptly. Here we go. Mr. Turner has publicly recognized that his conduct was wrong and has expressed remorse for that conduct. I have spoken to him personally, and I know that he is extraordinarily upset by the incident. 
By all accounts, Justin is a leader in the clubhouse, a contributor to his community, and a responsible person who was instrumental in the Dodgers, diligently following the health protocols all season long. Staging a baseball season during the COVID-19 pandemic is an incredibly difficult undertaking and required significant sacrifice and enormous amount of work by players, club staff, and yada, 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 yada. We all have made mistakes. Oh, my God. Try to learn from those mistakes. With this in mind, I am closing this matter by applauding Justin for accepting responsibility, apologizing, and making a commitment to set a positive example going forward. Wow. Wow. Justin Turner put out a statement that I'm not going to bother reading. Don't. Uh, Yeah. So, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it better not to put out a statement in in those cases? When that's your, uh, you say something like, uh, the matter has been handled internally, and um, Mr. Turner will, uh, there'll be consequences, but we've, we've handled it internally. We're moving on. That just makes it worse. Yeah. That, yeah. Some, right, sometimes right. transparency is not your friend. You That's know, bad. like, say, like, as the kids say, say less. Like, I mean, I know it's a different context, but nonetheless, it's like, no, we don't, that just, but I mean, then again, MLB and investigations, you know, I, it's just, but honestly, I, it just goes to show in general, and, I, and I'm transitioning in a second. I know you, I know you're waiting for this. I, I, this, I, I, this I caught it. I caught it. It's like, <laughs> but I it's like when you're at the club. Word, yeah. You know, I haven't been to the yeah, club. And, and, I haven't been to the club in like thirty years. But the DJ drop a little bit of a, a, a little bit yeah, of a yeah, you hear like, oh, the DJ, it's oh, wait, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Is. Right, right. Uh, God, just on last point from me on that because I was doing a lot of reading and processing simultaneously. Is this is why where we are? This is why we are where we are. This is why we are where we are as a country because everybody tries to make excuses and rationalizations and justifications and explanations for why they couldn't follow protocols put in place to protect us from ourselves. And this is why we're up to 100,000 cases a day. With no end in sight, um, again, thankfully, we got a president coming in who will at least take it seriously. They should have dropped the hammer on Justin Turner and the Dodgers organization. Instead, they threw a whole bunch of nameless, faceless people under the bus. Speaking of which... Can you explain yeah. to me this Alex Cora story? Because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm what, confused. What, what, what do you want? What, what's so I'm confusing con- about it? So he didn't have a role in the Astros cheating scandal. I guess I'm just trying to figure out from a Red Sox perspective what has changed, and I, I, that's not rhetorical. I don't understand it. Like if he was, okay. if he was fired slash suspended. Yeah. What changed that makes them feel better? About other than having an awful season, what change that makes him feel better about him managing the club now? Help, help me, help I like me understand. This. I honestly don't know. Oh, I like this hire a lot. As a matter of fact, um, right, right after they fired, right, well, they fired him. They fired him, and and we uh, we had COVID, and the season was wiped out. Actually, on record, you can look it up. I wrote that they should rehire Alex Cora for the 2021 season uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the, the, what changed is suspension. He was suspended by a year, just like A.J. Hinch from Major League Baseball. So they, that was going to come anyway. If they had held on to Alex Cora, Mike, they would have lost their manager for the year. They could stand, stand by your man, but he's going to be gone for a year. 
and okay. it, the, the distraction would have been overwhelming. So instead okay. of standing by him, said, okay, this is coming down. This is too heavy. You go away. So they you do your so this time, wasn't, so to speak. So when they fired him, they were firing him. They, they were forced to fire him. Which, is that what I'm understanding forced from to. you? Like this was not hey, their judgment to. on the situation. They had to fire and I, him. Yeah, and I didn't agree with it at the time. I think Alex Cora, like, you know how I feel about this. You think it's just a hot take. It's not a hot take. I think the sign-stealing scandal is overblown, and people made it like it's the biggest scandal of the last 25 years in baseball, and it's not. I still believe may not be the biggest, biggest scandal in big. baseball I don't think we can is, is the steroid it. era. That was, sure. not correctly, that was not correctly dealt with when people knew it at the time. And there were people who were sending out those punishments on the steroid era or casting judgment who are part of it, who just got a job right now, Tony La Russa, who were working yeah. in Major League Baseball, Joe Torrey. So like the, the, those Yankees and, and, teams, and, just like the Red Sox teams, were full of PED users. No, no And question. these guys are in a Hall but, of Fame. But, 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 but you're kind of using that everybody else is doing. Like, listen, not, not to sidetrack. You guys still I'm want not, you to explain to me about Cora, I'm not saying everybody else is doing it. Sign I'm stealing saying, is, as, is as old as the game itself. But that level of systemic sign stealing, even if other no. organizations were doing it, you can't don't, you can't minimize that. It's part you of it. You cannot game. minimize. Not like that. It's, it's not well, supposed it's to be, at least. <laughs> it's it's just like anything else. It, it's something that you do. That if, if sign stealing advances and technology advances, what are these going to happen? Like, they did, the only reason they didn't do it do that in 1940 is because they didn't have the technology. But if you fast forward 50, 60, 70 years, you have more technology. Of course, that's going to be uh, part of the operation. But I digress. So finish the core explanation, yeah. I think Alex Cora, the Red Sox determined that Alex Cora had to be fired. The Mets determined that Carlos Beltran had to be fired. The the Astros fired A.J. Hinch. And I thought, okay, after a year out, Alex Cora was the manager of the greatest team in Boston Red Sox history, Work well with the players, work, work well with ownership, the media in the community. Uh, Puerto Rican manager, first uh, first his, manager of color penance. in Red Sox history. A lot of positive. Bring him back. Yeah. So I'm glad they brought him back. Okay. Well, no, that, that, that helps that helps enlighten me because I, when I saw it, because again, having not followed it as closely, uh, not just as you, but as probably as most people, to be honest with you, um, I, 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 thought, I thought this was an example of, you know, what a lot of... Uh, corporations or a lot of people do is it's like, you know, they kind of, you know, you know, take the temperature and be like, oh, okay. It's people have this sign stealing thing. People have kind of moved on from it, you know, because I'm like, wait, that's, that's awfully shallow for lack of a better word. If you felt like, yeah. you know, you, you fired him on principle the first time around and now you're rehiring. I'm like, wait, how's that work? But it's, it sounds like this what his, his, his being fired uh, was out of necessity more than it was but, uh, a statement on the part of the Red Sox. But I will say, for That's real. That's what you're telling real, me. The Red Sox. For real, for real. Red Sox are known for kind of sliding into a news cycle. There's nothing to see here. Sliding in. As, as, uh, as America waits to going see. On. Yeah, exactly. Who's the, next pre- <laughs> who's the next president? Hey, the Boston Red Sox. Hey, let's jump in right now and, and announce yeah. Alex Cora. Coincidence? But, but, like, but like you said, but, and, and especially on the heels of others who have been, been involved in scandals resurfacing, you know? And it seems but to be I, going, from know, what I could tell, it seems to be going over well in Boston. Boston seems to be elated, just based yeah. on my quick 
view of Twitter, it seems to be they seem to be elated about Alex Cora coming back. Mike, I, I think I think um, just for the you know winning the offseason doesn't win you any hardware. But in my opinion, the two teams that won the offseason, Boston Red Sox and the Detroit Tigers, because those were the two best managers on the market. So you're the Detroit Tigers who probably aren't going to be any good, and you pick up A.J. Hinch just because he was out for a year. You pick him up, that's a great hire. Alex Cora coming back, a World Series winning manager who, who embraces, who's got the best of both, who's got the old school, he's got old school, old school sensibilities, but embraces analytics too. That's the kind of manager that you're looking for. I think uh, I think both organizations did a great job in the offseason. Okay. Um, we got more on the election that we have to get into. Um, oh, yeah. We got more COVID talk. Uh, yo, we have not even scratched the surface of, uh, of all that we got in the show. And we got Kimberly A. Martin falling through again. She crushed it last time. So yes, she did. Yeah, man, this is a feel-good Friday. I don't know about you. I'm just, I'm still feeling good. I'm like Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm feeling good. Yeah. There it is. I feel great, man. <laughs> I feel great. I like the DJ. I like the DJ imagery, though. Because yeah, that's it, a fun that, game that's, to play. Like, true, in the, like predicting the next song and just like, because yeah, you feel like oh, you can DJ. Oh, he's about to play it. But you feel like you can do it, though. You're like, I could DJ. I could have done that. <laughs> You'd be thinking it's two steps ahead. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, uh, we gave a lot of love to Atlanta. Repping. And listen, this is, uh, this is as a, a Saints fan That's- growing up, not so much now. I'm That's a great T-shirt. A. A. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Look good, play good, they pay good. Look good, play good, feel good, they pay good. Something like that. Um, Jackson State coach Deion Sanders. Um, That's right. So I already told you I'm, I'm pulling for the Falcons against the Broncos. But uh, pivoting to uh, this week's NFL action, there aren't a whole lot of games on the schedule that I'm, like, locked into. Now, I know we're going to go through my bet your money Later in the show, our Friday staple. You trying? Uh, you trying? You, you trying to make a little money here? You, you, when you, when you, you already when you in the hole. Your, when you scratch your gambling itch, you degenerate. You. Um, but no, no, no. <laughs> you in the hole. You in the hole already. So you're trying to take my advice from my bet your money to make a little extra because you're gonna lose this Patriots bet you have with me, and you already owe me some money on uh, on another bet, Steelers Titans. So I'm, I, listen, I. I my notebook is right over there. I wrote it all down. You definitely so. ran numbers in another life. Um, but the only yeah. game that I'm really like, I'm, I'm gonna, the only guy I can tell you that I'm going to watch this weekend is Buck Saints. 
And, you know, we spent a lot of time, the weeks run together, like it was week before last, spent a lot of time talking about the merits of anybody. But at the time, specifically Seattle, talking about, we talked about the merits of anybody signing Antonio Brown. Yeah. And then we leave and that Friday night, I think it was a Friday night, uh, Buck signed Antonio Brown. We were like, of course Tom Brady was not going to let Antonio Brown get away. We, we, we should have seen that coming. We were talking about Russell Wilson. We should have seen this coming. So fast forward to, hey, here he is. He's, he's activated. He's practicing, making his debut uh, after a year and a half off, making his debut against the, the Saints uh, in the game of the week. Hell, it's our game, right? Uh, Sunday Night Football. That's right, Sunday Night Football. So Check I better be paying attention to that game. Look, I better be paying attention. Look, if, look, I, I, I'm happy it is a Sunday <laughs> The only game I'm watching is uh, another game. But no, man, I mean, like, you know, let's, let's, let's kind of compartmentalize for a second, which we do as, as sports fans, as sports pundits, fans in general. We, we, we compartmentalize, we practice, practice uh, cognitive dissonance, if you will, right, when it comes to, or we try to at least, separate the allegations of sexual assault um, that Antonio Brown is facing and the potential not just legal trouble, but league discipline he may still face. Let's kind of put that over here for now. But just on the field, he's living with Tom Brady, Michael. Uh, he's saying all the right things. All the right things are being said about him from the organization. Just bottom line, bro, will this work this time around? Will this be different than it was for him in New England, before that with Oakland, and the way it ended with Pittsburgh? What should gut tell you? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yes. It's, it's going to work. I'm about to say, don't sound, so, don't, don't sound so sure. Yeah. Don't sound <laughs> so enthused. It is going to. It is going to. If, if yeah. you have, I remember uh, Bill Belichick saying a while ago, and this is uh, Bill Belichick getting outside, of his, uh, getting outside of his comfort zone. And he wasn't talking about football. He was talking about baseball. So he was mm. watching Manny Ramirez. With the Red Sox, when Manny Ramirez with the, was with the Red Sox, yeah. and Manny was Manny was hilarious with it, man. With the Red Sox, yeah. Manny had about seventeen grandmothers. <laughs> and, 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 I know. All, rest in peace to all of them. Yeah, and he killed about fifteen of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. My grandmother's funeral. He had. Um, he couldn't figure out which hamstring. He had a bunch of hamstrings. He couldn't figure out which hamstring was hurting. I remember one time uh, somebody on the Red Sox told me that he was hurt. So uh, Manny was on the, uh, on the injured list, uh, disabled list, they called him baseball at the time. Uh, he was on the disabled list, and they couldn't really, they didn't really believe him. But you can't say, oh, the guy's not injured. So he said, like, his legs were hurting or something like that. And uh, they went into the workout room one day. He didn't know anybody was there. They said he had the... Uh, he had the, uh, the, uh, the, the treadmill tilted, mm-hmm. <laughs> tilted like this. Said like man was, uh, looked like he was climbing Mount Everest and he was going at it, sweating. He was all into it. Of course he wasn't hurt. He just didn't want to play. And so yeah. he had them, he had them by the, you know what? He had them. And so the one thing Bill Belichick said, you got a guy like that, take the stage away from him. You take the stage away, he acts right. You take, mm-hmm. you take the stage. Don't let them take their own stage away because every, every player is going to say, I need a break. 
You tell them, make it on your terms, and they'll act right. And that's what happened with Antonio Brown the last couple of years. The stage was taken away from him. And when the stage is taken away from a guy like that, especially who's all about, you know, Facebook, who's about Twitter, Instagram, who's about yeah. look at me, dynamic player, you take that away, I think it scares him. I think he's scared now. Uh, and he yeah. realizes I, I think I think it definitely got his attention. I think it definitely yeah, got his attention. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do too. I'm inclined to believe so too, uh, because the Kango coach, you know, like we we know he will not hesitate, you know, <laughs> to rip him in public and 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 fire yeah. him. Uh, and as much as Brady is is trying to put his arm around him, you know, Brady is not going to compromise the season for Antonio Brown's salvation. So, um. I Especially think it does work age, because right. the yeah because the you know what the downside is for the Bucks is that he's done and I think it also works I think it works for them I separate him versus them I think it works for them because they don't need him they don't need it to work they're they're six and two without him they they they're, they don't it's not like they're short when it comes to weapons they got plenty of weapons on offense Antonio Brown is purely a luxury. That's like a rich dude losing $20. Like, oh, you know, oh, man, I lost $20. It may bother you, but it's like, you know what? You know, I got more where that came from. It's like they're not, they're not tripping if Antonio Brown doesn't work. This is Tom Brady just being greedy at this point, and Bruce Arians just want additional depth because his guys have been banged up. Well, so if he, if he gets out of line even for a split second, he's, they're getting him up out of Dodge. But I, I agree with you, though, Michael. For him, if, if, if he has the ability to 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 behave himself and be a good teammate better than we saw in Pittsburgh certainly better than we saw in Oakland and we never really saw you know as you as you laid out they let him go in New England uh because of his off the field embarrassment yeah, one game too. more than one on game. the field one game I, if he's ever going to have the ability to behave himself it's for the rest of this season provided that the league doesn't add additional discipline i will just say this though where I'd really be concerned is giving him big money in the offseason. Because I, I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to play well. He's in tremendous shape. He's going to make plays. He's going to be the same old Antonio Brown. We'll see how many targets he gets. It's certainly a lot of miles to feed. But I think he'll, I think he'll play well. The question is going to be in the offseason, is somebody going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe in the offseason? That's a great point. And give him money. Because that's, that's when I point. think old habits die hard with Antonio Brown and he and he's that same guy he's always been as if he gets money from I think it is a it is a shelf life acquisition you get Antonio Brown mm -hmm. right now where he's hungriest where he feels like he yep. has something to prove everybody's watching him yep. you don't yep. need him he needs you more okay this is a great time to get him and when he does well yep. walk on walk off and let it. him go somewhere That's else but don't, I, do I, not tempt fate <laughs> mm. Do not do but not. But you brought up something, that. and I'm wondering, and you, you tell me, because I'm I'm trying to uh, visualize how this is going to happen. So you're Tampa Bay, as you said. You're you're in really good shape. You got Godwin, you got Gronk, you got Evans, you got Miller, yeah. you got Howard. Johnson. I mean, you got all these options. Yeah. Brait. No, oh, Howard's hurt. Good. Um, yeah, no, but they got okay. Guys. You got Brait. You got yeah. Brait and got Gronk. Yeah. Okay. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot going on, uh, and then not to mention the backs. You you got a lot of good backs in there. 
So how does Antonio Brown, I'm just trying to uh, just visualize how he fits in. Like, what would you do? Would you, are, are you going to put him, like, where, how do you, how do you, how do you utilize him? How do you incorporate him into this offense that has so many I think they're gonna feature uh, different weapons? I, I, on it, personally, I think they're going to feature him. I think they're going to feature really him because feature? I, I do, I do, I do. Um, you got Mike Evans, I, as man. Bruce, oh, no, oh, no. As Bruce Arians has talked about, you know, Evans, not a selfish kind of guy. You know, uh, Godwin, I've never heard him to be the kind of guy that's like, I need the ball. And if you're strictly talking about this being a meritocracy, Antonio Brown at his best is better than both of them. You know, he's got the built-in chemistry with Tom Brady. I don't think he's staying at Tom Brady's crib because he, he can't afford a place to stay. I mean, I, I think they're, they're in the lab. And we know how much Brady enjoys throwing to him. I think Brady, yeah. like, it's a, it's a new toy. He's going to want to play with that new toy. Uh, I, I think he's going to be pretty prominent in this offense. I wouldn't expect him to be a decoy or take a back seat. And I also think most important, it's not just can Antonio mature and not be selfish and not be so fixated on his own numbers. But Bruce Arians knows he's bringing him into a situation where if Antonio needs the ball to remain engaged, the other guys won't have a problem with, uh, with plays being called for him. Also, too, if he's in as good a shape as, as, as we believe him to be, who the hell is going to cover him? I mean, that's a problem that's going to take care of himself because he's going to find himself open a lot. You know, he's well, going to be open. It's just... It's a it's a great problem to have to try to figure out how to how to get the ball me, to the all three of those guys if you're Tom Brady. Let me throw this at you though. <clears throat> throw it at you. You said Bruce Bruce Arians said, uh, you know, Mike Evans is unselfish, unselfish guy, right? Yeah. And I believe that. I believe that that comment <laughs> from Bruce Arians. But Bruce Arians has said some things I'm not buying. You hear what he said yeah. about Alvin Kamara versus Marshall. I did. Fox. I did. I did hear that. That was interesting. You know what? That was interesting. I don't believe you. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. He said Alvin Kamara is scarier than Marshall Falk. He said, yeah, I coached Marshall Falk. But, okay, maybe the Marshall Falk he coached was not as scary not exactly. as the Marshall Falk that Mike Martz coached. That's exactly the point. That's exactly is that the, the point. point. That's All exactly right. the point. Yeah, you coached Marshall in Indianapolis. Who was good? Marshall Falk. See, this ain't, to me, this kind of, I'm so glad you transitioned to this. Because Marshall Falk, look, this, this is not even about Alvin Kamara, who is one of my favorite players. Side note, yeah. back when, so you know how you're into gambling? That was me with fantasy football. <laughs> I was obsessed with fantasy football. Okay? I mean, you're a gambling, gambling addict. I don't know. You're a gambling addict. I was a fantasy Don't put football me out like that. Okay. Don't put me out like okay. that. Okay. Do we have a whole segment called "My Bet Your Money"? Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's, Somebody yeah, else's money. This about you. Your money, not my money. Okay. Sure thing. Anyway, uh, fantasy football was my vice. That was me. And, and Alvin Kamara, I drafted him his rookie year, carried me to a fantasy football championship. Right. Love watching Alvin Kamara. His balance. Uh, it, it's he's smooth. It's effortless. He's an incredible football player, okay? This isn't even about how scary Alvin Kamara is and how, what a tough matchup he is in 2020, because he is. He's great. He is fantastic. I just love this conversation because I get to celebrate Marshall Falk. We get to talk about 
what a bad mama jamma Marshall Falk yeah. was back in the day with the because yes, you want to talk about the greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner was fantastic. Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt were awesome. Marshall Falk was the driving force behind the greatest show, show on turf. As you will break down, because I can read your mind, as you will break down when you tell me about the game plan going into Super Bowl 36. Yes. You'll break that down in a second. Okay? Because I know yes. I know how you go. That full screen, put up, put that full screen up again, please. Put that up again. First if you don't mind. Put it up games, again. Huh? That's irrelevant. With all due respect. <laughs> but I wanted to put it up to let y'all know that it's irrelevant. Yeah, let's celebrate Marsh, uh, Alvin Kamara's numbers because they're great. That's Marshall Falk in Indianapolis. Marshall Falk in St. Louis? This man redefined the position. One of the best in, in terms of dual threat running backs in NFL history is Walter Payton. Uh, it is Marshall Falk. It is, uh, it's, there's Roger Craig's in there. He, he at his yeah, height, he was dope in San Francisco. Yeah, as a receiver, though. I mean, like, he wasn't, hey, I mean. The, 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 the thousand, thousand club is Roger know, Craig and Marshall Falk. But, just FYI. But, but, but Marshall like, Falk is a runner. Roger Craig is a runner. Marshall Falk is a runner is a different, is a different level than Roger yeah, Craig is a runner. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Give me, give me some more. Who else, who else is in this, in this club that Marshall Falk is in when it comes to rushing and receiving? That, oh, that, you forgot the big that one. combination. The Danny and Tomlinson. Tomlinson. LT. Thank you. LT. Yeah. LT. But Marshall Falk, especially coming out of San Diego State, bro, he was incredible as a runner. But as a receiver, he's catching 80 balls for 1,000 yards before people were doing that. Like, it's common now. It's been, he was ahead of his time. So, with all due respect to Bruce Arians, since we're going to New Orleans, we're talking about my home, home team. Marshall Falk from Carver High School in New Orleans. We're talking about Marshall. I'll take it to New Orleans and quote Birdman. Put some respect on his name. Make sure we put some respect on Marshall Falk's name. Now, let me see. Let me see. Uh, let's see if I can get this right. Was he a... Uh, he grew up in the Ninth Ward? Grew up in the Ninth Ward. How about that? Ooh! Ooh, man. Uh, listen. Man... I mean, I'm just Orleans. looking at his numbers he was putting up in the early 2000s. He was man, a league MVP. numbers... Offensive player of the year. And, and I'm, giving my, I'm giving myself props for, for knowing that Marshall Falk was from the Ninth Ward. Man, come on, everybody man. knows that story. I'm from New Orleans. Everybody knows, but everybody, first of all, saying the Ninth about, Ward, saying this, even calling out the Ninth Ward is like the easiest thing you could do about New Orleans. I mean, who hasn't heard of the Ninth Ward? Yeah, hey, matter of fact, this will bother me about people that's not from New Orleans. All of y'all think we all from the Ninth Ward. That's the first thing y'all say. Are you from New Orleans? Are you from the Ninth Ward? Did you grow up in oh, the look. Ninth Ward? No. That's all. That's, hey. all, that's what y'all do. That's what y'all do. Are you going to tell me? What are you you're going to tell me? He sold me popcorn at the Superdome. Are you going to tell me that too? You going to tell me that? Huh? Give me some respect. I know you're from the East. Oh. 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 <laughs> Which technically is the Ninth that? Ward. It's the Upper Ninth Ward. Yeah. Everybody can't do that. I am from that. the East. Everybody. Hey, yeah, how about East. last, a couple weeks ago, I'm shouting out Lil Dizzy's and Dookie Chase, and you, you give did. me no props for that? You did. Come you on. Did. Everybody can't do that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You have visited the uh, city quite a few times. For no, Super Bowl like, 36 uh, in particular. I, I gave you a tee up. Hanging out with you. I gave you a, there it is. I gave you a tee up for Super Bowl 36. So Super Bowl 36. Super Bowl 36, you know, back in the day, greatest show on turf. The Rams are, are playing the Patriots. And this is how dope, uh, just to, to confirm what you're saying, Mike, this is how dope Marshall Falk was. Bill Belichick goes into that game and says, no, 
We're not even going to focus on the quarterback who was Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. That's not really what makes their offense go. Pretend like the quarterback is Marshall Falk. Because if we stop Marshall Falk, we stop their entire offense. Just think about that. So they yeah. get there. Everything they did revolved around Falk and not Warner. So every time he they hit him, he every, time, ball, every time he left the backfield, they hit him, right? They hit him. Yeah. They hit him. They, they, you know, a couple times they held him. But that's how much respect and how much fear uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick have for Marshall Falk. As a matter of fact, uh, Bill Belichick has said the greatest day, one of the greatest days as a coach was when Marshall Falk was traded out of the uh, AFC East because that's what the Colts <laughs> used to be in the AFC East. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Um, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun game, though. That's going to be it a fun is. And, I mean, it, And listen, I'm telling you, um, Kamara's, Kamara's that dude, and, and, I, and I get where Bruce Arians is coming from. I really do. Uh, but when he said scarier... Because, I mean, and that comparison is not a new comparison. Sean Payton actually made that comparison. And Kamara's putting up ridiculous yeah. numbers, especially as a receiver. But when you say scarier than Marshall Falk, I'm like, ooh. I mean, because this Marshall Falk, that's... You, want, you can say he reminds you of Marshall Falk. And listen, Bruce Arians has forgotten more football than both bit. of us know. But, hey, but no, but I'm saying I, in terms of his... In terms of his... In how good he is in both... In both lanes, like you were just describing, but scarier just kind of, yeah, that, 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 that shocked me a little bit. What you about to say? Can I give you uh, another uh, New Orleans thing that I should get some credit for? What? The New Orleans Times Picayune. Picayune. <laughs> is that how you say it? That is how you say it. See, I did tell you what a picky you is, right? I didn't tell you what it, what it actually is. You didn't tell is, me that. Right? It's a what Spanish is it? Is it something bad? Before, no. It's what? Before New Orleans was French territory, it was Spanish territory. So it's a Spanish okay. nickel. Yeah. Hey, Spanish man, I was nickel. like, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana, I should the day, say. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll let you slide with, uh, with, with Dookie Chase. I'll let you slide with that. What is it? What is it? Dookie. Dookie Chase. It's Dookie. It's all good, though. It's Dookie. It's all good. Dookie it's Chase. all good. As long as you say it's New Orleans. It's my accent. Don't say New Orleans or New Orleans. As long as you say New Orleans. Just say it right. That's all I ask. And I'm down with, and, and I'm down with Mays, too. How about Oh, this? now we're talking. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yo, Brendan Gleeson was one of my favorite actors. So this definitely has me excited. It's Mr. Mercedes and it's a Peacock exclusive drama 
series based on the best-selling trilogy by Stephen King, Detective Bill Hodges is coaxed out of retirement into a thrilling chase with serial killer Mr. Mercedes. Full episodes available now right here on Peacock. Start streaming, and by streaming I mean binging. Start binging today. We got company. The show just got better. Kimberly A. Martin of ESPN, uh, NFL reporter and uh, undefeated columnist. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. What's wrong? I'm still a fan. But, but, What's wrong, Kimberly? You know, I'm I just know, really disappointed we, we to find out. sideways, and I just no, got on the screen. I just got on the screen. But see, you're a reporter, so you got to do your research about what's important to me. I know. And you got to I mean, know that oof. Frankie Beverly and Mays oh my is my all-time favorite act. Okay, and you can okay. go ahead and tell the people what you told us during the break. Tell them, tell them what you admitted to us during the break. Go ahead. I don't remember what I said. Couldn't have been me. I don't even you know. You said it's nice. You wow, said it's nice. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm going there. It's I'm going cool. there. Because it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. No, no, because I was trying to get to, you know, what you like. You know, we we, we can learn from each other. You know, you can you can get into uh you can get into Frankie Beverly and Mays. It's the golden time of day, and then you can tell us what you're into. I, you know, I didn't grow up on that. I really didn't. My parents, they're West Indian. Like we had like we had Bob Marley in the house all the time. Like we had Soka, we had Calypso, like so okay. I'm not not like I like Love it. I like that's good. R&B, but I just didn't grow up on it. I like so that's, for me to fine. come on here that's to fair. talk with friends, and you got me up in a corner feeling like like the Brooklyn's about to come out. Like I gotta defend. Don't, no, why? no, we we are not. We are we not. Could, we could do we, no. we could do Brooklyn versus New Orleans. We could do it. Hey, <laughs> if you big, no, Biggie Biggie is going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tomorrow. Oh. So listen, Brooklyn's in the house, right? No, and nobody <laughs> listen. We are not pulling up on you, asking you to show us your black card. By no means are we doing that. It's just I just want you to know it's not too late to get turned on to Frankie Beverly and Mays. Start with live from New Orleans. Start with live from the Sanger Theater. Just just do yourself a favor. Just do yourself a favor. Good stuff. Um, but it's good to see that you. It's really stuff. good to see you. Um, okay. So you've been busy. Uh, break, breaking news about uh, what Mark Davis described as. Let me make sure I get this right. Draconian, draconian, penalties. <laughs> draconian penalties for the Raiders. So simply put, uh, just for people that didn't see, uh, you reported last night. Uh, what is it? A half a million dollar fine, loss of a six round pick. Gruden's paying another hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. They've been fined out the wazoo for COVID violations. Kimberly, what is wrong with the Raiders? Why they can't get their act together when it comes to COVID? And you know what's funny? When you talk to John Gruden, like he reiterated it today on his Zoom call. He's like, I'm very proud of how we're handling the situation. There's nothing wrong with what we're doing. I'm very proud of the guys. When, you know, a month ago, his tight end, his QB, a lot of guys were fine tens of thousands of dollars for attending a charity event without masks when they were mingling with fans who also weren't wearing masks. So there's such a disconnect between what the league is saying is just a brazen disrespect and a brazen disregard for the COVID-19 protocols. And these fines, this, this is some, this is some heavy stuff right here. This is, they're the first team to have to lose a draft pick over this. Um, 
and and even the Steelers, they've been fine. Tomlin for having he's had the gator down instead of over mm-hmm. his mouth. I get it. Nobody likes masks. Nobody likes the face shields. You know, like I get it. But I think across the country, we're seeing the numbers spike. And this fine, these latest fines come on the heels of the league increasing their COVID-19 protocols as far as social distancing on the sidelines, telling guys who are active for the game but not playing on the field to have their masks on, personnel have their masks on. So the league is not playing around because they're, they're not trying to shut down a season because we are full what season like? here. What is it like, Michael? I think I saw today it's like almost half the league are dealing with a, a COVID issue of some kind. That's right. And, and, you, and you use it, well, uh, Mark Davis used the word draconian, and it is. And, and do you think that the NFL has done that intentionally to say, look, look at what we did to the Raiders. We do the same thing to you if you don't get yourself together. You think that's, is that the logic behind it? I think so. You need to. And John Gruden was asked that same question today. Do you think the league is trying to make an example out of you? I think he's already in hot water. So he said, no, I don't think so. But I think it's obvious that the league is trying to send a message. There, there was talk of teams losing draft picks. Like this would, this would be um, inevitability if guys don't, you know, listen to the protocols. And now this is what we've seen. There are too many teams. The cases around the country are just spiking. And, and, and even if your organization does everything right, just the sheer numbers that we're seeing across the country, you can't, like, you can't just not wear a mask. Like, if you're in a facility or you're on your way to the facility, players have to adhere to these protocols because, I mean, the league really is not going to stop the season. It would have to take something drastic for us to halt this season. Hey, what game are you covering this weekend, by the way? I meant to, ask, I meant to I, look that up. I'm covering Ravens at Colts. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what? I, I said earlier to Michael, I was saying there's only one game, and I wasn't being a company guy, but I said that there was only one game that I was really checking for this weekend, um, and that was uh, Buck Saints Sunday night, but I forgot mm-hmm. Ravens, Colts. Yo, what? so great, because one of the big stories coming out the weekend was not only Michael Steelers going undefeated, but for me, it was really more about Baltimore. Mm-hmm. What's up with Lamar Jackson? So based on your reporting and just your insight going into this game, and obviously you got to save it for Sunday countdown. So don't give I away mean, too much. Too many get nuggets. Right, right, right. Right. We're not paying your bills and whatnot, but like just give us that's like right. what is that's up right. with the MVP this year? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, talking to guys on the team, it's you know, they reiterate Lamar is still a young kid. So and they still believe he is that MVP guy. And you know, I think what we've seen from the from the Ravens this year, they're five and two. The only teams they've lost to are the Steelers and the Chiefs. So this isn't like they're going out and getting beat by some bugs. Um, I think that it almost feels like the the shine and the luster is off the Ravens a little bit. And I think they like that. They, you know, it's like, okay, doubt me. Lamar loves it when people doubt him, doubt him because he's had to do that consistently. People even questioning whether he could be a QB in the league and questioning now whether he can be a complete QB. So while, you know, uh, the narrative outside the building is like, oh, I don't know about these Ravens, man. I don't know if this could be a Super Bowl team. Inside the building, their focus hasn't shifted. John Harbaugh is is being honest when he says Lamar's got to tighten up his game, but so do the other 10 guys on offense and everybody on defense. And 
Lamar's the, you know, when you talk to guys on this team, they say Lamar is his toughest critic. So he's in, he's working. He is, you know, things that he needs to tighten up on. You see him at the facility. You see him pulling guys off to the side. That's what they see. That's the stuff we don't get to see. Um, but they have the utmost confidence in Lamar. You know, we, uh, Kimberly, we spent, uh, what, 10 minutes, Mike, 10, 15 minutes talking about Antonio Brown and how he's going to fit in on the Buccaneers. One thing we didn't bring up is some of the issues uh, that he has off the field uh, that led to his eight-game suspension in, in the first place. So I'm just wondering, we need to have a more wholesome, a, a, a more thorough conversation about Brown, not just the player, but about some of the things that he's done off the field. How do you feel uh, about Antonio Brown? You know, that's the interesting thing about the NFL and sports in general. I think we've seen a lot with the NFL. If you can play, you'll get second chances. You'll get third chances. Mm -hmm. No matter how disruptive a force you might be in a locker room or just disruptive personality you might be, as long as you can play, there's so much pressure on coaches to win and to win now that if they can go out and get a guy that can help them potentially make it past January into February, they're going to take that chance. It's so hard when you talk about NFL athletes sometimes, and it's not just NFL athletes, but because it's a sport I cover, because you end up focusing on the football. Because that because the league has allows guys to, regardless of what happens off the field, it allows them to come back and it allows them to to play, regardless of any concerns you might have about their character or whatever. Um, with Antonio, so I just leave it at, I don't know the man. Um, mm. uh, the things that we've seen in the past have been troubling. You know, um, we've seen him have two opportunities with teams. Well, three, you know, Steelers, Raiders, uh, and the Patriots. For the Bucks' sake, for Tom Brady's sake, I hope it works out on the football field. But I will say Antonio Brown had Brady before. He had the perfect situation. That's what we were saying. Oh, he's going to New England. Perfect coach, perfect QB. Yeah. Like this is set. Like he, like he didn't even have to wait to get a new job. And here we are. It's like now he's been out of football even longer, and he now he's paired up with the same QB who's letting him live in his home. So I said it on first take this week. I hope the season doesn't end with Tom Brady having to pack up AB's stuff because it all just went to hell. <laughs> you know, I really <laughs> from that a would football be stick, strictly football. <laughs> <laughs> that really would kind of be awkward, though, now that you bring it up. Like, if you got to evict my man, and listen, you know, it's <laughs> I, that, we've all had roommates and whatnot. That conversation could be hard, man, because then you got to start asking them for rent. Then you got to, you know, I mean, what if, what if it gets to a point? That's a great point. Like, hey, Michael, leave it to Kimberly to actually answer for us. So, Michael and I earlier, we were, we were saying, you know, like, will it work out? Of course it'll work out. Because then it's like, yo, man, don't drink my orange. Then they're going to start arguing about all kind of stuff. Who drank my orange juice? You know, who who got the temperature too low it, in this room? Low marks you know, uh, all kind of, this could just really go south. So they made a commitment to each other. So it's, it's guaranteed to work out if y'all share a living space. I don't care how big Tom Brady's house is. So thank you, Kimberly. You just enlightened us. Like, guaranteed this is going to work out this year because they're roommates. You know, can't, can't, can't be mixing business with personal. Um, on a personal tip. All right. So you leave it. So you're leaving us and you're going through on Frankie Beverly and Mays now, right? I'm gonna go right to my iPhone and I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it up and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up right after. 
I listen to a song, I, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, this listen, is, and, and don't this is and don't go throw on the Beyonce before I let go. That doesn't count. All right, yeah, don't be one right. of those people that get that get hyped for the Beyonce version. I love Beyonce like everybody else. I love don't, B. D- watch what you say. I'm not slander. I'm not gonna okay, slander B. I'm not. I'm not trying to get I'm never. Strays from from the never. I would no, never no, do I, such a thing. Okay. However, okay. however, however, grown folks do not recognize the Before I Let Go remake. We do not recognize. We do not acknowledge that. Grown folks don't. Just saying. Man, he's been very. You know. Kimberly, I, I feel like he's being very judgmental right now. You, you feel no, like he's being very, very judgmental. Not at all. Like a, not, I would never like come from Brooklyn like that. It's, inflexible, yeah, like getting, very, like get off my mm-mm. lawn, like you know. That, that was that. Yes, that, that was that was that was definitely the old man in me. Yes, that was the that was the old man in me. That's exactly what I. That's it's exactly right. what that was. It's all right. Hey, we Us appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's okay. Thank you guys. Keep up the great work. All right, we'll talk to you. Yeah, good to see you. Oh, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Mike Smith, I'm trying to put a little extra money in your pocket. My bet's your money. I look at the games. (laughs) We use your money. Let's go to the first game. Uh, Seattle taking on the Buffalo Bills. And let me just say this about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, Mike Smith said it earlier. He's winning at everything. Everything. Russ creates... Russ just does. Okay, just take a listen. Listen. Russ costumes. Go ahead. He wins Halloween. All right. I know they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing, and they're doing it very well. They're taking on the Bills, and look. Russ, just keep in mind, when they get a little excited, you got to understand where they're coming from. Check out this tweet from the governor of New York. Tweet after they beat the Patriots in a playoff game? No. Uh, In a game, just a game in October, they beat the Patriots. It was November 1st or whatever it was. They beat the Patriots on November 1st. Homeboy is tweeting, give us all a reason to believe the Bills do that. Not this time, New England. Why are they saying that? Because look at... Bill Belichick's record against the Bills, or say it another way, look at the Bills' record against Bill Belichick. They won just 14% of their games, 6-35. and 35. You cannot make up that number. So they finally beat the Patriots. They're feeling themselves. They're not playing the Patriots on Sunday, though. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks, and they're going to take an L. Go with Seattle. What's next? Let's go on. We were talking about it. Buccaneers and the Saints, right? Tom Brady, Antonio Brown. Tony and Tommy. A.B. and T.B. And Ivory. (laughs) There it is. They're best friends. Mike, they're best friends. They're having a good time. They hang out together. And they like talking about their friendship. Listen to this. This is controversial because Tom Brady's former best friend was Jim Gray, but he's talking to Jim Gray about Antonio Brown. Check this out. Antonio is a good friend of mine, and again, we've uh, gotten to know each other pretty well over the years. So he's just getting settled, and I know he's looking for places, but it's just nice to be able to, to have him around. And, you know, we're getting to work, and he likes to be integrated into what we're doing. And big transition for him moving across the state and really not knowing anyone. So, you know, again, just trying to be a great teammate and 
help someone out, you know, is a, is a friend of mine. Tom is my boy, uh, one of the greatest leaders to be around. You know, he's encouraging, always inspiring. Uh, he brings out the best of the people around him. Uh, he wants the best for everyone around him. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback all time. Uh, none that I've done in the past matter. He always getting better uh, day in and day out. And uh, I just learned a lot from him, you know. Uh, hey, Mike, remember that line from Anchorman? I think we can get an apartment together. We can move in together. Look. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. But it doesn't matter. On Sunday, you got Breeze and Brady. That's another aspect to this game. The numbers are pretty impressive. You match them up together. Drew Breeze, look at that completion percentage. Look at those yards. Look at those touchdowns. Very comparable. It will not be comparable on Sunday night, right here on Sunday Night Football, because I like the Bucks and I like the Bucks big. I'm going to tell you what else I like as I end this. I'm going to tell you what else I like. Just take a listen. Take a listen. That is, oh yes, that is one of my favorite artists ever, the great Stevie Wonder, who is from Detroit, Detroit gave us Stevie Wonder, I was listening to you, Benny Goodwill, Brother Goodwill, I was listening to you, give Detroit its flowers, yes, Detroit, you get flowers, because not only did you give us Stevie Wonder, you gave us Michigan, Michigan won, we won Michigan because of Detroit. Detroit gave us Aretha Franklin and her father, C.L. Franklin, one of the greatest preachers ever. Detroit gave us Diana Ross and the Supremes. Detroit has given us some great cinema like, oh, wait for it, 8 Mile. Oh, you don't want me to spit right here, do you? You want some bars? Not right now, maybe later. Detroit also, unfortunately, gave us the Detroit Lions who haven't won a championship since 1957. They'd have night train lane though. They had night train lane. No championships in 1957. But I'm going with Detroit this week. Thank you, Detroit. Thank you, Detroit. And I say one more time, thank you, Detroit. My bets, your money. I'm not responsible for some of the decisions that you make. I'm out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Mike, um, Yo. you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good because I got a chance to listen to my man, 
Stevie Wonder, Higher Ground. I don't know where that ranks. I don't even know if you have a Stevie Wonder ranking of song, song ranking. We talk about albums, but song ranking is very hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people go with as. I personally think an underrated song, not underrated, but in this conversation, I Was Made to Love Her. Mm. Man, that's a great song. Anyway, uh, what another great song for Stevie Wonder is right in there somewhere in my feed. It's called There it is. Yeah. Living for the city. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Sorry. Don't stop, I, I know. Stop. I know. Certain people you just shouldn't because it just I shouldn't disrespect them like that. You're right. You're right. You can't Certain people you just I'll leave but, that to John Legend. I'll leave that to John Legend. I, oh, John Legend crushed it. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I put living for the city there because uh, a conversation, just following up on a conversation uh, that I had with uh, Vinnie Goodwill on Wednesday. But I want to expand the conversation because he he came on and rightfully so. He had on his Detroit uh, hoodie and he was saying, look, I'm so tired of people uh, ripping on Detroit and dismissing Detroit. Look what we did at that point. Uh, the election. Remember how a lot of people who wanted to see Joe Biden in there, a lot of how people were feeling. Oh, what's going on here? We got Wisconsin, and then you got Michigan on the strength of Detroit. And so I'm, I'm with them. It's not just Detroit, Mike. It's Detroit. It's Atlanta. It's Philadelphia. It's Philly. It's Milwaukee. It's, Milwaukee. it's yeah. Kenosha. Kenosha. Yeah. Think about that, where uh, the, the president of the United States sees somebody cross state lines from Illinois to Kenosha, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old, is, is just walking around like he's just gonna, he's gonna solve problems. And when the president was asked about it, he didn't disavow it. But I digress. There are cities in this country that people just talk about as if real people don't live there. They are, yeah. they, they become. They become these political props for politicians like Donald Trump and others because he didn't invent it. This has been going on for a long time where mm -hmm. there's this flight away from the city when it's convenient, and then people come back to the city when it's time to gentrify. <laughs> so that's how it goes. But there are people in these cities that have been dismissed, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that these folks have not only uh, have have not only given in to some of the uh, false narratives that are put out there about them, but they have exercised their rights and have saved. No exaggeration, have saved this country. Well, black people in the city. Let me be a even more specific. That, that, that's black what I was people, about to go. No, it's not just these cities. It is black people in American in these cities. cities. Yes, have saved it is black people in the these United particular cities. States it is black America. people, and not just save the United States, because for all the talk about the black men who are increasingly, you know, uh, who supported Donald Trump, or the black women who, you know, some exit polls showed their support for Donald Trump doubled since 2016, uh, but black men and women voted for Joe Biden, showed up and voted for Joe Biden more than any other groups, okay? So we could pick apart 
the the 91% number for black women or the 80% number for black men, but that's higher than everybody else. And what's important, and it it can't be said enough, is that the Democratic Party remembers this, that frankly, they owe us. Joe Biden owes his presidency, his presumed presidency, to black people, rescued his career in South Carolina and had delivered him the White House. And so as a country, we have held Donald Trump or we're in the process of holding Donald Trump to account uh, for his failure the past four years. As black people, we have to, as our electorate has to hold the Democratic Party to account once they get in the White House. I mean, listen, I'm I'm excited because, like I said, just on the basic, on on just something so simple as having a human being occupy the Oval Office. That excites me to not have to filter through lies. Look at that. And insults. And don't don't get it twisted, Michael. I'm emotional, man. Corrupt. I'm emotional. Corrupt is an insult. The the corruption that the current president is lobbing, those, those claims of corruption, that is a coded insult. Because these are black cities that he's talking about, or or, or black voters that Man. he's talking about, uh, when he talks about suburbs. Philadelphia he kept and, and, talking about, and these yeah. different people. But what he kept the, focusing these different on the cities suburbs. that we're talking about? But what I want to tell you though is, it's it's a human Cause being. Because I, I, I got in the, I got something else I want to get to before before we hit it. But go ahead, go ahead. A human being in the White House is huge, as simple as that sounds. But it's not just enough just to have a black woman as vice president. It doesn't just stop there, you know. Your bill isn't your 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 tab isn't isn't uh, isn't taken care of simply because you, for the first time, are putting a black woman uh, in the White House who is not the first lady, but you know, first in line, uh, a heartbeat away from the presidency. They have to make sure that our seat at the table is recognized uh, because it's a the right thing to do, but b once again having carried the Democratic Party across the finish line. Go ahead. What else you had to say? Well, you know, that's a perfect setup because I have there, right after Living for the City, I have the spine of this campaign. What do I mean by that? What is the spine of this campaign? You said black men and black women. Oop, stop right there. Black women. Now, you think about, so I, I already mentioned uh, Detroit, what Detroit gave this election. You mentioned South Carolina, what South, Car- South Carolina gave this election. Let's go back to Georgia. You got yeah, Stacey Abrams. That's where we started. That's where we started. You've got Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, the mayor of Atlanta. Uh, you, you got you got you got Kamala Harris. Let, let's be real. Okay, let's 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 take it back a little bit. We got Michelle. You got Michelle Obama. I mean, you think about the women, the the Democratic women, Big D, not Little D, uh, the Democratic women who have pushed this along, and it's always like this. And I yeah, just man. feel like. As, as brothers, man, we gotta instead of instead of just saying, "Oh, hey, this is great," we gotta be a little more engaged too, and not just after the fact and say, "Hey, uh, thank you to black women," but we gotta be more. Yeah. We gotta be more involved and and exalt them more and speak a different love. Into, speak a different love put, language, <laughs> right? Yeah, put them more and and advocate for more leadership positions because yeah. what it sounds like, and this is great. It's great that we are we're giving props, but if you continue to give props, but you continue to stand center stage, that's not getting it done. Yeah, we have a a, a, 
A black woman who is vice president of the United States, we should keep pushing for that. We should also keep pushing for women in leadership positions, not, hey, I'm, I'm here because a strong woman stands behind me or beside me. Yeah, no, no that's, yeah. No, no, that's, that's, that's played. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just really all, thankful but also for... Too, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of work to be done for both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I do not want to dismiss the plight or the perspective of the black people who feel like, hey, y'all got some work to do to regain our credibility. Y'all got some work yeah. to do uh, on the other side of this. We all do. We all have work to do. Hopefully yeah. come Monday, Pennsylvania, the lead is now 14,518 votes. So we're getting closer to a president-elect. Push Hopefully it along. Monday, push it we're along. talking about a new administration, and that's when the real push it starts. along. Yeah, push it along. Hey, uh, you like to say that uh, Antonio Brown, when he's playing, is the best receiver in the NFL. It was like that. earlier this yep. week, we talked, uh, last week we talked Julio Jones, obviously DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, as they say, Devontae Adams has entered the chat, uh, balled out last night uh, against the uh, the 49ers, had another double-digit reception, 150-yard game for, I believe, the third time this season, and he's yeah. missed two okay. games? Yeah. I, don't I like your tone. I, 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 know. Pray, I like that tone. No, no. Oh, hold on. What did you say? No. Yeah, What's okay. it, what is it? Check your tone. Check your tone. Yeah. Watch your tone and help watch me with the sale. Yeah. It's like, it's right. like, what was that? You all, yeah, I, 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 you all dismissive and whatnot of, of, of yeah, Devontae man, cause you know what? Adams, man. Like, I know everybody this can't be the very, best receiver in the league, but he got a case. He got a case. This is very Magic Johnson-ish. Oh, Lord. Right? Okay. How many? Okay, who else? Who else want to be the best? Who else? Who else? Who else wants to be the best receiver in the league? Who else want to be? Okay, let me go now. Let me go now. Who else? Who else, hey man, who else want it? Who we forget? When you are averaging, I, when you are averaging 112 and a half yards a game with eight touchdowns, you're in the conversation. So hey, don't forget, I, I hey, wish listen. you not include every. I know you can't include don't every receiver DK in the Metcalf. league in the conversation. Don't forget DK. You know, like, come on. All right, man. All right. You're just a hater, dog. You're just a hater. I'm out here trying to celebrate this man, give him his props. Incredible Wait, route props. runner. He's a beast. And you could have, oh, Aaron Rodgers has never had a first-round pick and receiver. He hasn't. Okay, but I don't care what round they got Devontae in, which I believe was like the third. I don't remember where he was drafted. Point being uh, is he's incredible. Second round, 53rd overall pick, second round. He's incredible. Yeah. Get that man his props. Give him his flowers, as they say. Smooth, one of the smoothest yeah. route runners in the game. I just, you know what? All right, fine. We're, no, don't no. indulge me. No, 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 Based on that, if you go by touchdowns, he's better than DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. All right. Uh, I want to show you the tweet, the best tweet I saw last night before we go. Best tweet I saw last right. night. I think it was SB Nation. You're going to love this. All right. So this tweet from SB Nation. Do we have it? Let's, let's throw it up on the screen right fast. Um, 
obviously on the other side of this game. Look, look, read that caption. When you're in year 20 oh, of your Madden franchise. That's great. That's Trent Taylor's number 15. That's Jordan Reed, number 81. Do you know who that is, number 86? You know who that is? Who is that? River Craycraft. So that's the, that's how decimated the Niners are. But, bruh, this made me think of you. This made me think of us. Because when you get in year 20, you kind yeah. of, you're like, man, everybody's retired. There are no, no real players. They're all computer-generated players. Nobody's real. It's not even realistic anymore, but you're rolling into this right. dynasty. Because there's certain players that you want to see their careers through. Yeah. Michael? And then when their careers are over. Bell? Am, I, am I ringing a no. bell? With a certain, hey. a certain safety that you drafted? What was his name again? I know his name. Do you remember his name? Oh, yeah, man. Mo Roberts. <laughs> Mo Roberts. He was my Henry. Oh, my God. He was he my Henry. Mo Roberts. How many picks did he retire? I'm talking about Night Train Lane. How many picks did he retire within that franchise, man? It, it, you remember listen, my guy? He was up there. You remember my, you remember my defensive end for the Bucks? Julius Rucker. Julius Rucker. Bruh, he kept coming back every year. Getting double-digit sacks. And then it all seems like, is he going to retire? He's like, coming back again. He's coming back again. First of all, we're ridiculous. We're ridiculous. (laughs) We are ridiculous. That was years ago. I should not remember Mo Roberts. No, no. And it's even worse. I don't remember anything. You don't remember anything. I remember remember Mo Roberts. I remember I drafted him with the 12th pick in the first round. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait. Wait, which team was he? I remember Julius Rucker was on the Bucks. Cleveland. Cleveland at Mo Rob- yeah, Mo Roberts. Oh my god. What school did he go to? UCLA drafted, or something and, like that? And, and you drafted Julius Rucker. It wasn't even in the first round. It was like a third or fourth round. Oh, it was, oh, I it was one know of my that. best finds. See, one of my best I'm so glad. finds. I can't handle that. He was Madden. so good. He was consistent. It's consistent. You know what? I, I need to apologize these, to these, these you know what, my players. I need hmm. to apologize to my kids. You know why my kids, you know why they don't have uh they don't have video games. Because of me, I'm saying y'all can't handle it. No, 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 no. I can't handle it. Mine is downstairs so, playing. I'm going to join him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.